this is perhaps a world exclusive where we've not only got Andrew and Tristan Tate, but talking exclusively about money. In this Money Secrets episode, Andrew Tate absolutely smashes the entire crypto community when I ask him if he'll launch his own crypto. I interrogate Andrew on if he really is, in fact, a billionaire or not. And with a completely random example, lays out step by step how anyone, including you, can get rich. So let's do a deep dive with Andrew and Tristan Tate on money. Are you really a billionaire, though? Like, really? Yes. I'll tell you why. Yeah. So let's... It's interesting because... Because I think you've turned over billions, but I don't think you've got a net worth of a billion. Well, how do you calculate net worth? Net worth is semi-subjective, would you agree? Mm, Assets minus liabilities. Okay, so we have assets minus liabilities, but then let's say your assets are companies. Or let's say your assets are a brand. Then it becomes subjective. Yeah, well, well, it becomes what someone will pay for it at the time if you sell it. Okay. Which so, isn't subjective in the moment. Oh, well, that's right. But I've never tried to sell my companies, but then... But a lot of people go, oh, my company's worth a billion. It's actually worth cool. Correct. You're completely right. So this is why I'm talking about how it's subjective. So then what you can do is you can go online and you can look at previously sold... Or multipliers. Multipliers. That's yeah. right. So let's say, let's say I had a tech company. Let's say I had an online educational platform that turned over $150 million a year. At 80% profit, let's say. Mm-hmm. And let's say... In the real world, let's say you did let's that. Say, let's say I had Yeah. Right? And then you would say, well, the standardized tech multiplier is six mm-hmm. or seven, especially with a margin like that. Well, that's a billion-dollar company. But it's not, it's not a personal billion-dollar net worth. Well, it's a billion-dollar company that's owned by me. Tristan has no share in it? Shares. Shares. <laughs> You're thinking inside the <laughs> matrix. Shares. Shares. There's shares. no share. Share shares. No one owns it on paper. It just exists. It's just there. If I needed, if I if I sold everything I own for the fair price, I would have a lot more than a million dollars. So if you, you want to, if you want to talk about hard assets like real estate, cars, land. Let's do that. Let's let's do that then. How how much real estate have you got? The Matrix is after me. They're trying. They they took everything from me. Decal took it all. You said to me everything. You told me to come to Romania and bring everything. But Decal took everything, of course. But I actually worked this. It's funny you asked me this question. My brother and I worked this out only a week and a half ago. We were like, if you know what you have, you ain't got much. What do we have? But surely you track your net worth every year. No. Why not? Because if I want something. You cannot master what you do not measure. If I want something, I just buy it. (laughs) If I want a $5.4 million Pagani to go with a Pagani penthouse that costs $29 million, then I just buy both. I just buy them buy that. I just send a message sometimes- to the important, to the competent authority. Purchase. And it's done. I have hundreds of millions of dollars of real estate. Right. But I'm not yeah. going to say where it is. I didn't ask you that. Though. Okay, good. Yeah, I wouldn't ask you that. I have hundreds of millions of dollars of real estate. Well, no, sorry. Let me rephrase that. There is a company owned by a company owned by a trust fund owned by a company that has hundreds of millions of dollars of real estate, which I have access to. Okay. And um, how many cars do you currently have? 59? I think I bought another one yesterday. What was that? It was only a Huracan Technica, but it was the last one off of the production line. Yeah, so I thought I'll buy it. So what's the 59 cars worth? Well, let's try and work this out. I have a Rimac Nevera. Is that, that on order? No, it's finished. Really? Just he's collecting, but yeah. I'm on judicial control. I cannot leave Romania. That's around 5 million. I have the Bugatti around 5 million. I have two two Jumeiras ordered. They were 5 million each. I've got a Jesco. That's 5 million. So that's five cars. We're already at 30 million. Why two Jimenez? Because I spec'd it. 
If you love to travel like me and you understand the power in escaping the money for time exchange trap, but you just don't know how to do it, then building an Airbnb consultancy business could be exactly what you have been looking for. Right now in the UK, there is a completely untapped opportunity through helping struggling Airbnb hosts by turning around their underperforming properties and generating you huge commission payments in the process. We are going to teach you all of the tools and all of the techniques that we've learned over the last five years through building our very own multiple six-figure Airbnb business, arming you with everything that you need to swoop in and save the day. Minimal startup costs, zero risk, and almost unlimited potential. Sound good? Welcome to the Airbnb Consultant. Contact us through any of the channels included in the studio notes to get the conversation started. couldn't decide which color right I, it was it was between the two yeah and i thought well i'm not a brokey i'm spot both right it was the koenigsegg process of buying it must be a pain in the ass like i guess it wait I, list all that for the average man perhaps yeah when you're andrew tate when you look at what i've done for the bugatti brand think about it do they like you well i don't know maybe they don't like me in traffic Never. But I guarantee the word Bugatti has been said more in the last two years than it was ever said in its entire history. Yeah. If I say to Kern, like, I want Jamaris, they're like, yes, sir. So they like you. I, I think so. Yeah. Are, I, there, are there any car brands that won't sell to you? No, of course not. Are there any watch brands that won't sell to you? Everyone loves me, Rob. This is a psyop. <laughs> There's a psyop that I'm some disliked person. Every single person likes me all of the time. I've never, I've yet to have That's a negative interaction. There well, must be one off girlfriend, ex-girlfriend that doesn't like you. Well, no I'm, one is liked by everyone. I'm sure Decoff tried very hard to find her. What I do is I try to change the world on more of a micro level. I don't try to change who runs the world, who controls the world, how the monetary system works, how fair or unfair it is. I try to look at the game and play the game as best as I understand the rules. So changing on a micro level can be something as little as inspiring young men to get into shape, to care more about their health. You know, that, I mean, that should in theory, lower the cost of healthcare for every developed nation if everybody listened to my and Andrew's advice. And it's the micro level change that I'm more interested in pursuing myself. I'm not trying to run for office. I'm not trying to change the laws. And the, the world is set up the way it's set up. So I just try and win the game as you have, you know, get a bunch of money, put it in your bank. Oh, what's the money worth? What's it backed by? I don't care. I have lots of it. And it can buy real things. It buys real food and real properties and real cars and you know, real experiences and to get your plane tickets and private jets and all the things that you want. So do I really care what it's backed by? You know, mm. it's not an issue that I try to alter and I never will. Mm. Do you think maybe in some ways, whoever controls the world, the governments, the big corporations, they're just running a company like you're running a company and I'm running a company. And if we were controlling the world, we might run the company in a similar way. I believe I'm a much, I'm a far more moral person than some of the people. So some of the large companies and the people behind them that control the money, I feel like they're happier to flush human lives down the toilet than I ever would be. So when you look at some countries, uh, Saudi Arabia, as, as example, that's run like a business and the leaders and the people sit around, they think, okay, we have this many resources, we have this much space, how do we best make our company uh, profitable? How do we make it safe? How do we make everyone inside of it happy? I would be a far more moral leader. I wouldn't send young men to die in a pointless war. I wouldn't finance wars, try to start them for profit, benefit, nothing. If I can end all war 
and be financially broke myself, there's a button right here I could press, good, I'll live on the streets for the rest of my life. Whereas this clearly isn't the attitude of some of the people at the top. They're happy to enrich themselves, enrich their families, and who goes to die? The poor people. Poor people go and die, and of course, I'm, now I have some money. But I am essentially a poor person with lots of money. I'm a working class guy, I come from a council estate. It's me and my people who have to march off to their, you know, to their wars and go and fight and die. So we have another paradox that exists, and that's one about money, because you've essentially said that money corrupts, yes. but you're rich as f and you love money. <laughs> <laughs> so. I am rich as f thank you. But you're, yeah. not, you're not doing too bad yourself either, are you, Rob? I don't I, know. I'm, <laughs> I'm doing all right. Wonderful, yeah. wonderful. <laughs> so how do you exist in that paradox? How do you not let, let it corrupt you? Uh, you know, it's a very, I don't think money or power corrupt moral people. I think they, they, they bring out more of who you really are, you know. I didn't run a charity when I was 21 because I had no money. Now I do because I have money. Uh, I did, my mom still worked a job when I was 21. Now she doesn't because I have money. The, even the people who follow me around, I, I just had lunch now, I tip 100% at every restaurant I go to because I have money. I'm a kind person and money allows you to do more of the things that you enjoy. So if you meet someone who seems like a good down-to-earth guy who then wins the lottery and he starts talking down to people and being dismissive and being rude to waiters, I don't think he's been corrupted. I think that's who he really was. But you can't act that way in a position of poverty. I feel like it reveals your true character. Mm. So how do you stop money from corrupting people? I guess the answer is you don't. You have good people and bad people. And I wish the world was set up in a way that it was easier for the good people to get rich. You know, rather than, you know, the evil, cutthroat, vindictive people, because capitalism is a system where it's easier if you're cutthroat to get rich than if you're kind and moral, I think. Yeah, I'd agree. Although, do you think we even have capitalism anymore? <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it's tricky. I mean, it, it, capitalism is a system. For capitalism to be real, money has to be real. Money has to be backed by something other than a military that's willing to like invade every single country, saying no names, and you know, <laughs> and, and overthrow their leaders when they don't like using their currency. So, for capitalism to be real, money has to be real. Pers personal ownership of wealth has to be real. What does your bank balance even mean? Nothing. Is it backed by gold or silver or anything? No. I mean, the only way to actually have wealth is to accumulate things that are expensive. So, I mean, if you own a bunch of properties, a bunch of cars, a bunch of gold, then you do have some wealth. But, you know, capitalism means that every single intermediary exchange between goods and services is all cyberspace, smoke and mirrors, nothing. So, I guess, in a way, we don't have capitalism. Mm. But so, I, don't, I don't know what to do about that besides, you know, keep, keep making as much of this money as I can and keep buying real things. Mm. So, well, it sounds like you do, because you said that flippantly, but I think it was wise. You use the system of capitalism and this thing that isn't real money, and then you convert it into real assets that is real money. Well, yeah, and that's, and that's how you get rich. And that's exactly what the evil people do as well. That's what evil people do as well. If you're a bank and you can print money out of thin air. What the banks do is take everyone's money and convert it to assets. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Or they take everyone's assets. So a bank will, as you know, but the, the viewers at home may not know, the bank will say, I am the bank and I offer a mortgage to everyone in this studio right now, 10 people, 10 mortgages, you all bought your homes, you know what your job is, you know what your salaries are, and you're all paying me a certain amount of money back on these loans I give you. Okay, cool, well, interest rates, Go, go up, you've got some variable interest rates on your mortgages, then suddenly I personally crash the, the, the property market and the value of all your houses go down and I start saying, oh, well, your loans are too big, blah, blah, blah. I'm going to default you on all these loans. I'm going to take all your houses. What's happened? 
A bunch of money has moved around, which doesn't mean anything. And I have 10 houses, your houses, and, and you're that, all homeless. And they didn't have to earn their money. Exactly. They created it. Exactly. Yeah. They printed <laughs> they just... out of thin air yeah. for you to work and do the labor to get these houses. Now they're all mine. None of you have houses. The whole street is mine. So evil people do it. <laughs> evil people do it. Absolutely. They, uh, they don't even need to do any work or come up with any good ideas to get everyone's assets, farmland, it's all, it's all going into the hands of these people. Mm. And it's, it's a scary future to look, to look into. Mm. So I, I've always been, I've told this story on other podcasts before, but I've been an envious person. I've told this story because it was so pertinent to me about how most people don't care. I was walking to school. I was walking to Sixth Form College in Luton. I was 16, 17 years old. And I used to have to walk about an hour each day to school and it was raining and I was walking. And I was walking with three of my friends in a Ferrari. It was an F430, I think. Pulled up at the- That was my first Ferrari in that yeah, one. <laughs> yeah. Pulled up at the lights, made a bunch of noise, and I was standing there and I watched it. And then the light went green and he <laughs> tore off. I said to my friends, I was like, bro, how do we get Ferraris? And he's like, what do you mean? I was like, my mom is on a council estate, single mother. She raises three kids on 300 pounds a month. I can, we can barely afford food. He has 200 grand for a car, liquid for a car. Something is broken. None of the teachers at school have Ferraris. None of the, our university professors have Ferrari. No one else I know has a Ferrari. What do we have to do to break the matrix and, and find the money? This is all a lie, I want a Ferrari. And my friends were like, mm, don't know. That's why I have Ferraris. friends. Well, no, that's why I have Ferraris and they don't. That's why I now have 33 Ferraris because I won. I was envious. I was envious of this man. Most people don't care. But you turned envy into learning how to figure it out. Well, I turned, yeah. I turned envy into anger and anger is power. But what we have people doing now, because people are, because they don't believe in themselves, because the matrix has dampened their soul when they feel envious, because they want to level the playing field, which is all envy is. Instead of trying to elevate themselves, they try and drag others down. So when people look at my life and they're envious of me, what they should say is, he's truly from the most humble possible socioeconomic beginnings. He is a person of color from a council estate, a single mother household. He is the bracket of criminal. He's at the bottom and he made it up to the highest echelon. He's on the phone with Elon Musk and is a billionaire. If he can do it, I can do it. But they don't believe in themselves. People have this idea that if they got rich, they buy all this stuff. But truthfully, what do you need? You need a phone and a laptop. You need a place to live. That's life. Mm. And then uh, you buy, you have some clothes, you have some watches, and you have some cars, and that's it. There's literally nothing else to buy, so I just buy them all because mm. I'm doing okay. Mm. That's it. That's mm. why. And seven cars is actually a very responsible, sensible number of cars. <laughs> yeah. 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 You're a very responsible, sensible I man. don't know I want any more. I okay. think I'm like, too, for me, too many women, I can handle 11 wives. I can't handle one, yeah. but <laughs> yeah, seven's a good number. It is, and and yeah, I guess I'm just, uh, I wouldn't say irresponsible, it's the wrong word. Are you a hedonist? No, I don't think I am, but I don't know if you see, don't it. seek any pleasure from it. It's not like, I spoil myself with cars. I, I feel yeah. like I, if I'm gonna go through all this stress and all this pain. So it's a representation of your self-worth of yourself. I feel I'm worthy and I wanna reward myself. I just feel, I, I, you know what? I don't even drive them. I just, I like, I think what I think, it, if I have to analyze it, what I truly think it is, I think it's because it's most men's dream. Most men's dream is a Lamborghini, let's say. And they have to save and they have to finance it and work out how they're gonna pay for it and they have to get the garage for it. And it's a big deal. 
So by me trivializing that big deal, it highlights to me the echelon of my life. If I walk into a car dealer and say, what have you, what have you got right now? Oh, this and this. Okay. Don't ask the price. Don't, don't care what it is. Don't care what it costs and pay for it. And then leave it at the dealership for four months before eventually it collects on a truck because I never even pick it up and it goes into some storage unit somewhere. It's like I get other people's dreams with ease. I take their dream scenario and I trivialize it into just, yeah, okay, I don't even want it. And I think that that's what I enjoy about it. It's kind of like- <laughs> Why is he it's kind of like, Well, it's kind of like a man's in love with a supermodel. <laughs> oh, I love the supermodel and he writes on her Instagram and these dudes, this, this is real. A man's in love with a girl on Instagram. She's got 3 million followers and she's beautiful and he's liking her posts and writing underneath it and he's inboxing her and she's not replying. And he's obsessed with her and I'm like, yeah, okay, coffee. Fine, Tuesday. Do I really want to talk to her? No, but this man wants it so bad that I have to make it so ridiculously easy. I guess it's kind of like a peacock putting up his feathers, you know? Or a lion saying, don't come near my territory. Don't come near my tree or I'll, or I'll annihilate you. It's the same in a fiscal stance. So I just take other people's dreams and I reduce them to nothing, to dust. And then I put it in storage. And then I forget that I even have the car most of the time till I'm reminded it needs a service. And then I'm annoyed I have it. Unless a headache, then it gets serviced. Then it goes back in storage. Give me a normal job. Name a normie job. Making coffee. Making coffee, boom, you're a barista. You're a barista. Now, I'm gonna tell you how to get rich as a barista because I can think that fast off the top of my head. The problem with most people in the world today is not that they do a normal thing, it's that they do a normal thing and they don't try to be the best at it. So you can be a barista and you can just make coffees or you can be a barista that makes the fancy coffees and can turn over all the cups and do like the, the tricks and yeah. all the garbage. <laughs> we have a man who became a billionaire from salt. Yes. From salt. <laughs> you can all put salt on, he did it the best. Bam. So the first thing you need to do is get very good at making coffees. That's the first thing you need to do. Be able to do it in a fancy way. Then you need to solicit attention. Well, if you can make coffees in a fancy way, and you can hire a videographer, you can then begin to make fancy coffees in a fancy way, and you can make it look good with a finalized product, and you can get a nice video made that's well cut with some fancy music. You can begin to put them on Instagram and solicit people to watch your Instagram page. Now you have attention. How do you then turn that attention into money after you began to show your fancy coffees? Well, you could, let's say, put together a course or an academy or write a book on the magic of coffee or the secrets of coffee. And you would put a mystery on it. Don't say, I'll teach you how to make coffee. No, say the secrets of coffee. And you'd have a link in your Instagram page and it would be $9 and it would tell people the secrets how to make coffee, for example. You'd start to sell that for $9. You'd make a couple hundred or a couple thousand, not too much, but you continue to make fancy coffees. People continue to go to your Instagram page and now sell the secrets of how to make coffee. Then after people start knowing you as being a barista, you start to make these $9, you have 20, $30,000 in the bank. What you can do is launch your own coffee brand. You can go to alibaba.com, you can find some coffee beans, you can put your face on it because your face is now a recognized brand. You can get your own coffee beans, you can begin to sell them on Instagram. Before you know it, you're making 10 or $15,000 a month. You can start to do tours. You can start to put posters on your Instagram or in your Instagram stories saying, I'm gonna do master classes on how to make coffee, 20 people only, $1,000 each at this premium barista speciality coffee shop in London. The coffee shop will allow you to do it for free because they want people to know Get the advertising from you and your brand, you'll charge $1,000 each, that's 20 grand for a day to teach people how to pour milk in a cup. Boom, you've got a coffee brand, you've got an online school, you're doing seminars, you were a nobody, you worked in Starbucks, you were a loser, you put in a little bit of effort, now you drive a Ferrari, done. By extension, anyone who does not drive a Ferrari is a lazy idiot. 
It is that easy to get rich in the world today if you actually try. But nobody tries. Instead, he'll go to work every day, make the coffees, go home, off. Some people are so lazy that they will work every day instead of get rich. And they think because they're working every day that they're not lazy. I'll argue you're exceptionally lazy because you're so lazy that instead of trying and thinking outside of the box, you now have to enslave yourself for eternity. That's how lazy you are. Nothing lazier than a man with a nine to five. Because he ain't trying. The hole in the ceiling is this won't work forever, but it will work. Everything I just told you about that could work for an electrician. Do the same thing. Teach people how to wire a plug. Who gives it? You'll make some money if you try. My online school teaches 18 modern wealth creation methods. Everything I just told you there is not actually inside of the school. We have 18 other modern wealth creation methods. When you join, there's a quiz and it says, do you have money to invest? Most people say no. Do you have time? You either have money or time. You have one of the two. We'll turn your time into money or we'll turn your money into money. And you can join. $49 a month will teach you absolutely everything. We have hundreds of thousands of students, but there's hundreds of thousands of people who don't join and they're just destined to lose. So you ask, how can people make money? Well, let's go deeper down the rabbit hole. Let's imagine every barista who watches this now tries my idea. The winner is going to be one, the person who makes the most beautiful coffee, the person who makes the most beautiful videos, the person who works the longest, who tries the hardest, who makes the most videos, who makes his $9 Secrets of Coffee book that he sells on Amazon the best book, who gives the most value in his masterclass, who gets the best coffee beans for his coffee brand, and then it comes down to hard work. People say, work smart, not hard. Disagree. Work smart and hard, because lots of people are working smart. If you have five people working smart and the one who works hardest, he's gonna win. I work smart and hard. Work, work hard on the right thing. Absolutely. So there's no avoiding the hard work. This idea that you can work smart and not hard, I, I, don't, I don't buy that. I believe you're gonna to have to work hard, but you have to work on the right thing and work smart first. If you don't work smart, you're not on the, you're not on the starting line. So working smart puts you on the starting line. Then you gotta work hard to, work, to, to win the race. Because there's a load of broke people working really hard, isn't there? Absolutely, yeah. but they're not working smart. You need both. Mm. So then for all the baristas who have watched this, who've decided to take that idea, which I've given you for free, you're welcome. The one of you that works hardest is gonna be the one that makes the money. And then perhaps if you make a bunch of money, you can join the war room and then you can come and speak to one of us in person. And I'll say, how did you get rich? And you say, I watched your interview with Rob Moore and I stopped working in Starbucks and da 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 So you're welcome, you owe me a car. <laughs>